Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Rebecca. This is Thoughts from Our 30s, the weekly podcast where you catch up with two besties navigating the highs and lows of the big 3-0. You'll find me with a glass of wine and Amanda will have a tea, but you can bring whatever you'd like to this conversation. So cozy up because Rebecca, we've got a lot of thoughts. Oh my gosh. I had the best week, particularly, actually, one whole day, and I had to tell you about it. Well, first of all, hello, and also oh, tell me about it right now. Um, I've had a pretty pretty basic week, so I can't wait to hear about your week. So, uh, Jen was visiting, and we decided to get toboggans and go oh my toboggan gosh, your story that you sent me. Oh, and, oh. and you took Lenny with you, your yeah, we little took King Charles. Len with us. And that part was maybe a disaster that lasted one run, and I think he's scarred for life. But it was so much fun. Have you been tobogganing at all in the last decade, two decades? Okay, so first of all, when I saw that image of Len and you going down on the toboggan, it reminded me of me and Scotty in the summer bringing Rosie on the boat, being like, this will be so fun and a new experience for Rosie. And she was literally like, I hate it. I hate this. And also, get me off this boat. And what is going on? I am terrified. And I'm just going to bury myself in your life jacket. And Leonard looked like he wanted to be inside of your winter jacket he hated it i think at first he had no idea what was happening so he just rolled with it and then all of a sudden it was like this is the worst idea i've ever ever had and he hates me so he literally lasted one run but we had so much fun but to answer your question i have not been tobogganing and i feel like remember at the beginning of winter i was telling you that i wanted to start embracing winter more right i have not toboggan not and i've just been i don't know maybe it's because of all of the regulations and everything or maybe it's because i want to get ski gear and all of this stuff and don't have a garage to store it right now so i'm Fair. just hesitant but yeah i love to see that you were doing that that is so fun i have two toboggans at my house come by anytime and oh my we'll gosh. go tobogganing it was like us and the six-year-olds and i loved it was the hill big enough or were you like huge. Ooh, these are the days of nostalgia no huge it was so good oh my god so gosh. so good anyways i just talked a lot what are you up to what's new this week okay so today i did a photo shoot for our friend dallas Ooh. yeah and dallas is going to be wedding planning for scotty and i but we're doing this yes. like energy exchange thing okay. guys leverage your relationships touche yeah. Did you get to leverage any relationships at your wedding? I have to think about that. Um, I don't think so, actually. I think everyone we worked with, I'm sorry if there's anyone that I'm forgetting about, but no, I don't think so. I think everyone we worked with was new to me. Oh, that's still nice, too. Because you just kind of meet new people. But Dallas, um, we've kind of worked out this part-time wedding planning thing, just because I feel like Scotty and I know a lot of vendors, so we're kind of like getting on with that kind of stuff. But um, for this... We're going to be leveraging it so she can bring down the cost, but then I'll provide her with some branding photo shoots. So that was so cool. And I realized today, I mean, I've been realizing this for a long time, but I realized today that I love posing people and teaching them how to pose and like be in shots and feel confident and like hype them up. And so I was thinking, do you know what would be really cool after I launch my website and get done like some other projects? Launch a course? Yes! Oh, I love this. And in the course, what would happen is like teach you along the way. We'll have like a live and things like that, like some different like video classes where I basically show you. But then at the end of the course, there'll be a day where people who are participating in the course come to me or like a studio location and I shoot their photos. I love this. That would be because so fun. It is. And it's such a... It's such a thing that we're so many of us are uncomfortable with, like particularly people who aren't in front of the camera. 
myself. That you do this awkward pose, like, what do you do with your hands? Why are my hands suddenly seven times bigger than I ever imagined them being? And where do they belong? I think that's such a good idea. Yeah. And it basically is just like telling people that they're allowed to take up space. You're allowed to be fierce in front of the camera. You're allowed to feel as comfortable as you feel just walking around on the street. And in fact, maybe even more so. So, yeah. I love this. And I think this is a beautiful segue into... Taking this week's space. episode, being yeah. Enough. Really talking about this week, the idea of being enough. Ah, you're such a good co-host. I didn't want to. Miss you are enough. Yes, you are enough for this podcast. Yes. Okay, guys. So today, Becca and I are going to be talking about the concept of being enough, but specifically not being enough because you definitely are enough. But that feeling of feeling like you're enough. And that feeling that spans across relationships, career, life in general, and basically just showing up, taking up space, and knowing that that's okay. And Beck, you have done the research on this one. Yes. This is a topic, I mean, as a coach, it's something I'm so passionate about because it's something I think that we all individually believe we're the only ones that experience it. And yet, we all experience it. And I'm, I'm in this, like as a coach, you're in this really unique position where every client feels like they're the only one, but you're the person who can kind of add up the pieces together to say that it's a very common thing. How does that come up in your combos? Because I often see that quote that's like, if only you could see me through your, my, oh, no, I totally messed that up. If only you could see you through my eyes kind of thing, like that, that classic quote. But how does that show up in your conversations with people? I've never really talked to you about your coaching. Yeah, it comes up, I think, pretty naturally. Like for, at least for me, if I use my own experiences, when that feeling of not enough, um, you know, scarcity, lack, or a comparison game, you can hear it in everything you say, right? When you talk about your work, when you talk about your relationships, it's this like heavy self-doubt. So it tends to come up really organically when we talk about what someone's going through, what your experience is. I'll say the other place where I really see it is we do a lot of visualization work. And when you're trying to visualize the best version of yourself is when you start to see the the gap, the perceived gap. Um, and I think that's a really neat place to start the conversation and to start to explore. I just had a bit of a Brene realization moment. I, Yeah, I'm going to. She's my book this week for this whole topic. So go for is. it. Of course she is. Raise your hands unless you're driving if you've read a Brene book or heard anything studied by her. I think when you were talking through being enough in these different scenarios, I was just thinking all of that is based in fear. And fear is like just it's just something you have to overcome. No one can tell you you're enough and have you believe it unless you're willing to believe it. A hundred percent. And the feeling of not enough is so much around vulnerability right because if we shout out to Brene uh, if you haven't please please read Daring Greatly she covers this so well but the idea that if if you were to actually take up space and say like I am enough I am good as I am there's nothing about me that needs to change that puts you in a place of being exceptionally vulnerable to other people's opinions so it's a huge fear because all of us as human beings we want to be loved we want to be acknowledged by other human beings we want to be celebrated and when we put ourselves in a position of saying like I am bold and sassy and fierce and I am here we open ourselves up to other people's criticism and that's scary 
Okay, so I want to break that down a little bit. Just hearing that and and like kind of what goes through my mind when you say that. So when you say it opens up vulnerability to other people, does that mean because you're not as willing to bend, to mold, to just be how they want you to be? That's a good question. Uh, yes, and so I'd say yes, like there is, you know, when we take up our space, when we take ownership of who we are, it's it's really owning and saying, you know, no part of me needs to become who you want me to be. Yeah, I think that's that's the the ticket. And it's a it's a fine line, I think. Like you know, you want to be a good person, you want to be nice. Um, I I use actually kind would be my substitute for nice. I think you want to be a kind human being. So you're the idea of being enough isn't going out there and you know giving the finger to the world, but it's really just saying. I love me and I'm okay with me. And if, if you don't love that, that's you, not me. You know what I realized about that just today in myself and this past month actually, and it's so fluffy of a topic, less like relationship, life, like self-focused, literally in style, literally in fashion and style. Tell me more. So I have realized that my style and my style goals personally, and they always have been this way, is like the English countryside, feminine, you know, functional, but like beautiful and neutral tones and all this stuff. And very much kind of like maybe what people would perceive as a little bit older of dressing. Um, And that's where I love to be. And I do love playing with style and all of those things, but realizing that I can go out and dress the way I want to dress. So I challenged this this week. I went to a, um, a baby shower and I had recently bought this skirt on Amazon. I'll get Rebecca to put it in the show notes. Guys, it's amazing. You got to see it. I love it for the record. It is so fun. It is so flirty. Go check it out. It was around $50 and it's just the most amazing skirt ever. Anyways, it is pretty much like a ballerina tutu skirt how would you describe this rebecca am i doing that right yeah i think that's a perfect but uh, it's a ballerina it doesn't it's like poof out. yeah and it's long but it's that cute pink material from yeah ballet. it's got like layers of tulle yes and it's very feminine and i put it on with a turtleneck and some over-the-knee boots and i was getting ready to go to this baby shower because as you guys know you know going to an event is so limited these days i was gonna say so 2020 2019 so 2019 going to a baby shower we're back who are we and i was i was just thinking to myself you know where am i gonna wear this i can wear this here and also i could wear this to the grocery store i think that where am i gonna wear this i mean within reason is a bit played out but i was like I need to wear this. And so many times I was asking Scott, I'm like, do you think this is okay? Do you think this is too much? But I loved it. And Rebecca, I got compliments from every single woman there who was like, oh my gosh, like this skirt's amazing. Like a woman was like looking up the link on her phone. She's like, I'm going to order this tonight. This is so fun. And I just realized that a lot of us are just running scared in so many different areas of our life. And when I see all of these amazing beautiful young girls dressing in this very specific kind of cool girl way I respect it and I'm like that looks so good on you and old me would have been swayed into also kind of purchasing those items but new me is like I can like something and know that it's not for me 
ding, 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 I can like something and yeah. know that it is not for me. And that's okay. That's actually one of my shopping rules. And I'm allowed to just feel enough in what I love to wear, love to put on my body, love to how I show up in the world. So it's yeah. funny. I would say so I love that. And I would add that I think a place where a lot of people probably don't notice the the feeling of lack or not feeling enough is around shopping behaviors. Mm, it's huge. a really easy place to see it where it's like you see on Instagram you know, what's fashionable and what's trendy. And, and we have a tendency, myself included, to just buy those things because we have been led to believe that if we have more, we will feel more enough. But I don't know about you. Or we'll fit in better. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, you you do those shopping sprees and you spend a boatload of money and then the things arrive. You can say a boatload of money, Rebecca. You put them on. <laughs> A whole lot of money. You put them on and, and then that feeling of abundance, that feeling of, you know, fitting in, of being enough instantly disappears because it was never going to come from a thing. It, it's really an internal feeling that you have to attain for yourself. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I love that you actually mentioned that because that is so true. And my thought that day was, you know what, Amanda, what if you just put on your like classic cozy knit and a pair of jeans? Like, I'm sure that will be nice enough. Like you'll for sure look nice enough. You'll fit right in and you'll make yourself a little bit smaller. I didn't, I didn't be I big. not to that day. Yeah. Take up space. Which I love. Like take up space. We're the thing that makes people go, whoa, or that makes your heart flutter. Whatever it is, we live our lives for such a short period of time that it's like, why not live them up? Can I ask people to maybe strike something from the vocabulary? There's certain phrases that we say to each other that I really just think we, we've got to get over it and like stop doing it. So if I showed up wearing that and someone said to me, oh, why are you so dressed up? I would have felt Ooh. so small, right? And that would have been coming from their insecurity of not feeling like they were enough to be able to dress up as well. That has nothing to do with me showing up the way that I want to show up. But instead of saying something like that, we I think we really just need to like realize kind of how we talk to others. Instead of saying that, I was welcomed with all of these compliments of, oh, I you love look great. that. That's so fun. You look great. Like that is how you attract people in your life. That is how you build community. And that is how you foster relationships with people who want to be around you is when you you welcome people in and you don't make them feel small. I hate that. Why are you so dressed up? Yeah, I really like that. I'm really reflecting on that that sentiment. And I think there's a lot of places that applies. Like where do we, um, out of our own feelings, ask people questions that don't have positive intent, right? That do make them feel like there's something different about them. I'm going to take that. I really like that one. Yeah. I think the more that you talk about these kind of things, you realize how important language is. Like even you just earlier in this podcast saying, you know what? No, sorry. I'm going to say kind, not nice. Oh my gosh. I could go. It's a whole episode. Like kind and nice are two do totally different things. And I always want to be a kind person. Nice is the person that just does things to appease people. But kind is, is really coming from a place of love. And kindness doesn't always mean giving people what they want nice generally does yeah oh such a nice girl I feel for like anybody people always do that yeah if you're a people pleaser a la you and I there's a book called not nice In recovery ma'am you and I both <laughs> we're working on it but there's a book called not nice and I 
cannot recommend it enough for the chronic nicers out there who really struggle with like, what do you mean it's not good to be nice? Don't be nice. Aim for kind and take up space. What was your biggest takeaway from that book other than don't be nice, be kind? This is actually kind of it's funny. It's it's kind of on the topic of being enough. I found in my past that I'd go into social situations and then after it's over, I'm like ruminating in my head about what happened in the conversation, right? Like, did I say something offensive? Did I say something silly? Like, did they did they like me? Did I, you know, offend someone? And I would spend an uncomfortable amount of time thinking about something that probably everyone else didn't even notice and it really comes from this place of people pleasing that like what I was living my life concerned about how other people felt about me and so I really learned through that book and and this is kind of where it comes into the enoughness is if you show up wholeheartedly from a place of love you'll say silly things it happens we're human but as long as you know you're coming from love and you're okay with who you are other people's stuff is other people's stuff Right. Like just as you said with the with the outfit and and saying um, or making commentary on like, why are you so dressed up? Like we are everything we project onto other people is coming from our own stuff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all that it is. Do you know it's funny? First of all, would you be so oh so kind to put that book in the show notes as well? For anyone I who will. is wondering. Awesome. All the links. You're the best. Um, do you know what? I think people pleasing and I know I actually would love to do a whole podcast on people pleasing and how to kind of curb that but one thing I want to note just before I forget I think that people pleasing is also living in the fear of being misunderstood and when you walk out of that conversation and you are overanalyzing or maybe someone was like oh sorry no like it wasn't like that it was like this and you walk away and your anxious brain is like oh my gosh I hope they don't think that I think that or like whatever I know I have this, the fear of being misunderstood and just wanting people to know who I am, but being so scared that they think I'm something else. I'm going to poke into the misunderstood. Because what is your fear? I care as much. Yeah. Like what right? is your fear? Really? It's, it's not actually, I would challenge your fear is not being misunderstood. It's something else. Okay. It's um, not being liked. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did I nail it? And it's not being enough. Yeah, it is. Wow, guys, full circle moment. Told you this podcast is over. Fired up with this topic because <laughs> I am cured. The idea of of being enough is literally in the root of everything that we do and our ailments as human beings. Which makes me want to ask you: Where do you find that this feeling of not enough, not being enough, comes up for you? Mm. It comes up a lot in work, and that's because of what you mentioned earlier, like the comparison thing. Um, because I will oftentimes compare myself to, okay, I'm, I'm going to say a woman cause I likely will be following yeah. and comparing myself to women, uh, like-minded women who are further in their careers and might actually have teams helping them or a completely different circumstance. Totally. Um, and I really find that that plagues me on a daily and it's something that I'm learning that you know what, that's never going to stop because I'm I'm always going to desire more for myself. I'm always going to desire to share more, to build my business stronger. And I'm still at the point where I'm figuring out how to do that, but I don't know for sure yet. And I don't have a team helping me. Mm-hmm. So 
it's less going to be, I think, about me co totally controlling those feelings because at the end of the day, it's okay to be a human. But I need to set boundaries to make sure that I'm not setting myself up for those feelings when I actually could be taking that energy and putting it into something more productive. And what are those feelings like manifest as? Um, self-doubt, mm -hmm. low self-esteem. Um, honestly, self-doubt would probably be the strongest thing. Like I am not doing enough. I am not good enough. And then it all boils down to I am not enough. And oftentimes Scotty will have these conversations with me. Like we've had these conversations so much and it's almost a sine wave. Like it's to the point where I'll be crying or upset and I'll be like, I'm so sorry that I'm bringing this up again. Because oftentimes when you don't feel like enough, you feel like you're a burden on the people who love you, who don't care how many times you bring Absolutely. it up. Yeah. He's like, I don't care how scratched this record is. Like I'm just here to listen. And, um, ooh, that was like good, eh? A, yeah. That was ooh. a good one. <laughs> get that one on record. <laughs> when you give yourself chills. And, um, yeah, like I know that it's still something that I'm working on. And it's, it's funny, Beck, I was doing a podcast the other day. I was actually getting interviewed, which was just so fun. Like, fun to be on the other side. Yeah. And it just made me so much more excited for this podcast. But, um... I was just feeling after that, I was like, oh yeah, the world actually views me in this way. Why aren't I viewing myself that way? And where is the disconnect? Because clearly I'm putting something out there that makes the world believe that I'm this. But even that statement makes the world believe that. That sounds like I'm living in imposter syndrome. You are that. Whatever you're showing to the world, it's a piece of you. So, yeah. I'm... I'm I can see the wheels turning yeah I really it it really lands it is this idea of focusing in on like if if you are showing up in your work every day giving it your all and giving it your best is that not enough mm -hmm. and the the funny thing shout out to Brene again but the the idea of um or the opposite of enough there isn't like it's enough is enough right but the the funny part is if you go you know what is to not be enough it's to lack or to have scarcity mm -hmm. and then if you think of lack and scarcity the other side of it is abundance and so we're trying to find this like sweet spot in the middle where it's like you don't need to have all the things and everything and you you absolutely don't have nothing we all have so much to be grateful for and proud of and you know whatever your circumstance there there's something in your life that um, is exciting. Even just waking up every day is is a beautiful gift, and that is enough. And it's this idea that like we have to let it be okay that if we're doing our best, that's good. Yeah. There's this. Um, I'm sure you've seen it on social, but the idea there's a. I don't even know what you call it. A meme, a post, a meme, mm, something, a gif, a, a gif, GIF. A, uh, who knows. <laughs> But it talks about, you know, different famous people and when they created their thing. Yes. Yeah. And it's like this moment of like what? when they made it. Right. Which is also just so subjective. A subjective term. But they're all in very different stages of life. And it's this moment of like, why do we feel like at 30, we need to have accomplished everything? Because then what? Like, I hope our lives are long and beautiful and we have all of these years left to accomplish great things. 
So yeah. why do we want it all now? Yeah, I really like that. I, I always love those posts because, yeah, it just reminds you that, oh, yeah, magic can happen at any stage of your life, no matter what. One thing that I was thinking about, too, after that podcast was I was truly on top of the world because I'd almost had someone remind me all these steps, all these peaks, all these valleys that have led me to where I am now and the choices and the decisions that I've made. And decision making, I think, is one of the hardest things for me to do because I'm very I love to do everything. So making it an actual clear decision can be tough. But I almost walked away being like, I feel amazing because I remembered who I am and what I'm capable of. And it's almost trying to figure out how can I shorten the period of time in between remembering and not remembering that or remembering and like not living that kind of truth. When have you felt yourself kind of not feel enough? And when you look back at that stage in your life, Rebecca, what would you say to that version of you? It's funny. So before I go there, I mean, on the like, how do you remember that you're enough? I so, so believe in regular reflection. I think that's where gratitude journals are like such a beautiful thing, because even if it's acknowledging like, oh, it's sunny today and I'm grateful for the sun. um, Such a powerful practice. But to your question of, you know, when have I had a feeling of not enough? I think careers. I mean, there's there's so many career money relationships like all of them at different times and maybe all at once I think for me career at one point I had felt like I was under accomplishing what I was capable of and I got to the point where I was like ashamed to talk about what I did for work which is so strange because it really doesn't matter we all no matter what we do we're contributing to society and you know you can find fulfillment I think in anything but I really felt uncomfortable with what I was doing and it just was this moment of feeling like I because I didn't love where I was I also couldn't see anything else for myself and so Mm. I just felt stuck and as I step back now and say like what would I would what would I have told that person what would I tell me to get through it I think it really is just it's reflecting on like what are your skills what are you bringing to the table? What are you uniquely good at? And for me, when I was in that dark period, it was so hard to see my unique gifts. But being able to actually reflect on that is a really powerful way to force yourself into it. Like force yourself to think about what makes you special. So outside of a gratitude journal, do you know what's so funny? I can literally hear Rosie's nose underneath the door right now. She wants in here. She's guys. like, girls She's night. She's like, I really want to talk about this guys. Anyways, <laughs> just had to tell you in case you hear this. <laughs> under the door. It's the dog. It's, the dog. it's not me. Angry breathing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Though we have talked about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a loud breather. <laughs> um. Oh my goodness. My train of besides a gratitude journal yes besides a gratitude journal if someone is looking to get unstuck because I really think that this as well like the rivets we find ourselves in life when we really don't feel enough it's when we're feeling stuck we're in our own way mentally physically whatever it is to get unstuck outside of a gratitude journal what I'm also hearing you say is like writing down those skills and being grateful for them for sure but then that like practical practice of literally writing down where you're good at and what you have value in to provide to the world and then making a plan. Because to get unstuck, it, it, it could be like, oh, you just quit one day. 
that's not what anyone would recommend, right? It's like devising a plan and taking control of those decisions again. And for me, decision-making, when I make a decision, that's when I feel most in control and most in power of my life. My favorite activity on that to do with clients is uh, I am statements. And so what I have you do and encourage everyone to do it is to get a piece of paper and just like I am blank and fill it in with every single word that comes to your mind. Know that. So you were talking earlier about, you know, some of the self-doubt that creeps in. We have kind of these, I would call them gremlins, the voices we've all heard them that are really negative inside our head. And when we force ourselves to really acknowledge how beautiful we are, how wonderful we are, and what we're capable of, those voices get really loud. So it's a really cool <gasps> they activity. Get louder? Super loud. Oh my gosh, I was totally expecting the opposite. No. And so when you do those activities, like watch yourself because you'll write like, I am powerful. And as you're writing powerful, you can hear the gremlin like, Err. yeah, are you sure? No, you're not. Like, you're, just, you're just doing That's this aggressive. because you have to do this exercise. It's not actually true. Right. And that, that processing forces you to recognize the negative self-talk and to start to separate from it and to see like, wow, I am powerful. So basically what I have you do is write all those things down, feel the gremlins creeping in, and then stand in front of a mirror and read them out to yourself. And when you're small and mousy and you can barely say them, it's not good enough. You have to do them again and again until you can confidently say it that's when you start to transition the brain power to really see who you are in the space you hold up wow i remember doing um neurology so um uh, brain science in in school (laughs) the science returns which which sounds you know a little bit crazy now um it, it was one of my most favorite courses because it was so fascinating just learning about our brains and the plasticity of ourselves and our neurons and I always love the phrase neurons that fire together, wire together. And what I'm hearing here is the more positivity you bring to your life, the chemistry, the pure chemistry of your brain will change. Absolutely. It takes time, but babe, neurons that fire together, wire together, and just constantly remind yourself the more self-doubt, the more negative self-talk that you experience during the day the more it's going to come so yeah it's going to be hard but know that every step that you're taking to that activity you're literally rewiring your brain and how cool is that okay i know you got a list of things to chat about too. i know so it's funny this one i actually i really want to kind of chime in and say um so the way i think about it is we have these like negative voices and they come from a place of trying to protect us so when you see an oven you have that same voice that says, don't touch the hot oven because it might hurt. We create this conditioning to keep us safe. So that voice is really trying to keep you safe. And safe in a place of, you know, your general state of existing is being small, being um, a, a very obsolete version of yourself, not attracting too much attention, not attracting criticism, not doing anything crazy and wild and bold. And so when we play in this place, like when we're, we're starting to feel more, when we're trying to move into enoughness, which means taking up space, being bigger, being bolder, those voices get louder and louder. The same way as your hand moves closer to the top of an oven. No, 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 It goes, no, 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 no. no. (laughs) 
And so it's really retraining your brain to your point and retraining your neurons to say, no, in this scenario, I'm okay. This is safe. Yeah. Like I am safe. I thank you. I see you for trying to protect me, but I am safe. And this skirt looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, it does. Own it. And who cares if people think that I'm too dressed up? They're too dressed down. That's like my one of my favorite uh, TikTok sounds where it's like, if you think I'm too much, then go find less. I love that. Yeah. I think that's the wording. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm that's a good one. To this. So uh, on this kind of note, I was curious for you, when that feeling of self-doubt comes in, how do you distinguish between um, if it's trying to limit you from doing great things or if it's a sign that like you're on the wrong path or you're actually just, you know, kind of needing more skills? Mm. I think a lot of times when my self-doubt comes in or when I'm feeling not enough, it really is along the lines of me being on the right path. Whereas when I'm feeling withdrawn or not excited or anything like that, it's feeling like, oh, that's actually because you're not growing in that area. So I've been having a lot of these thoughts lately, actually, just with a certain aspect of the job that I do, kind of reevaluating. I honestly suggest that, actually, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, Sylvia, on We Did It, and she was telling me about her calligraphy business. And now that I'm an entrepreneur, this is something that really I have to think about all the time. Because if you're an entrepreneur and you don't think that you're enough, you might as well give away your free your service for free every single time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a problem. Money is a big one there. That's a problem. We'll dive into that. But Sylvia gave me a great tip. She's like, I literally reevaluate my rates every single time I do an event. And that kind of shocked me because you kind of set it and forget it. And it's not the way that it should go. Every single time you have a life experience, you get better. And now that I'm doing so many different things... As we have said in this podcast before, your most valuable resource is time and attention. And now that I'm kind of acquiring these skills, whenever I'm feeling bored, burnt out, just because it's like kind of a mundane task, I really do have to really start reevaluating. Is this aspect actually pushing me towards my dreams? When I'm feeling not enough um, in the aspect where I know I want my dreams to go, that's because I've been putting myself in a comparison game and a little bit of a, a what was me downward spiral. Um, but the way that I combat that is I change up my routine. I set a boundary. I go to bed and I say, okay, so tomorrow I'm not going to do what I did today. And I'm going to eat better and I'm going to move my body and I'm going to make sure that I create before I consume. And the goal is I to create it. more than I consume. I love that. Yeah. What about you? In any world. What was the question again? <laughs> I know because I just went off. She just wabbed me with, I'm going to create more than I consume. I think, yeah. So how do I know? Oh, when it's sending you on a good when Yeah, when it's a sign that it's good or bad. One, yeah. yeah. Oh, so remembering the question and kind of answering it, you know, how do we know the difference between when your your doubt is because you're on the right path and you're, you know, scared, fear, whatever, or that you're actually just on the wrong path? I think I just learned a lot from your message. Like I, I think I'm still navigating that for myself is trying to learn and listen and understand what good doubt is versus the doubt that says like, Ooh, girl, that's not for you. I think it's an adventure. And I'll give you an example is like, I, 
I often think about, you know, kind of my creative passions and what I want to create. And I think about my, you know, kind of my job as well. And, and I constantly have these varying feelings on all aspects and all parts of them. And it's still a process for me, I think, to understand, you know, in each pursuit, feeling like I'm doing everything I can. And that's enough. Ooh, I love that. It's so easy, especially I think with your creative pursuits. When you spend so much time, like most of my day is obviously focused on my, you know, corporate job. And I spend so much of my time and energy in that space. It's really easy to then judge my creative pieces as not being enough and not putting enough time in them. And vice versa. I think when I when I want to spend time there, then I feel like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting that extra hour in and I should be doing all these other things. And it's really for me been a practice right now of voices aside doubts aside just step back and know that you're giving everything you have everything you want a hundred percent and that's enough what else? I I really like that because yeah it basically just goes to the testament like the grass is green where you water it and and if you've got Ooh. too much going on you had like, a lot of good ones tonight just call me just call me Brene and if you've got too much going on, you're going to run out of water in that can and, and nothing is going to get watered properly. And um, one of the things that I've realized that is, you know, in, a, you know, in an interview process, if they were like, what is, what's your greatest weakness? That's right. What That's the question. Yeah. What is your greatest weakness? If I was to answer that question, honestly, my greatest weakness, if I was interviewing myself to be my own boss, would be getting out of my own way. And I want to know some tactics or some things maybe you would recommend to someone to get out of their own way just move over <laughs> no I mean move just move <laughs> move to the left um there's a book by of course shocker um there's a book by Jen Sincero her name is uh, it's called you are a badass and there's I, I recommend this book so often because there's so many like actual helpful exercises of how to get out of your own way. Because I think that's the thing for all of us, right? Like whatever it is, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, whether it's careers, we can often see that we want to be different, that we want things to look different than they are. We want to show up differently, but we just can't figure out how and, and what to do. So I, I really recommend giving that a read. I've got it. I'll start it tonight. It's you on have my it? bookshelf. Yeah, I have it. Oh, totally read it. Yeah, we'll put it. We'll put it in the show notes as well. It's so good. I actually learned a lot. Um, this is kind of a bit of an aside from your question, but I learned a lot in that book about my relationship with money and my feeling of uh, not enoughness of not being enough around money. She's doing the bunny ears in the air. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the, what to, the quote. Bunny ears. It's not grammatically correct to say. Let's talk about money then. It's such a wowza topic because entrepreneurs yeah how do you value yourself if you don't feel like you're enough what do you charge let me send a completely huge caveat a huge stake into the gears how do you value yourself in an industry that doesn't tell you how much others doing the exact same thing value themselves right it's so what's the price it's almost impossible to start it's almost impossible because you're just trying to navigate your craft never mind putting the business hat on and I think if you guys are getting into you know content I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of say the things that a lot of us are getting into content creation photography videography anything that kind of runs in that vein where you could be a vendor or a supplier of content 
ask friends or ask people who are at the same kind of level as you. So you really do have to put your trust in them and know you're enough that you have your own audience that follows you, that trusts you, and you're worth more than a free shampoo, babe. You are. You are. You're worth more. It's funny. Then rinse, lather, repeat. Stop (laughs) repeating it. (laughs) I call myself on this one because I think a really interesting place too is like trying to charge less by putting it as the caveat of like, oh, but I just want to help others or I'm going to charge less because I want to be affordable. Everyone else isn't affordable. So I want to be affordable. I'm going to charge less. And you know what you did? You just screwed over everyone in that industry and they hate you now. I'm not kidding. you devalue your own service. And it's funny because there was a time as as a provider myself where my rates, I had huge, huge resistance around asking for money um, and charging appropriately. And my rates were really low. And I 100% caveated that as like, well, I'm helping the world. And yeah, sure. I find purpose and value every day. And this right. is where I'm going to curve the way I feel at work. Right. Work. And it's like you say all of these things. And then, you know, years down the line, working with people and encountering people who don't charge enough for their services, it's like you are selling yourself short and the thought you instantly put in someone's head when you don't charge enough money is they must not be very good it's it's the gray goose effect it's wild Mm -hmm. because it's it's your own limiting beliefs are causing people to think something about you that is what you're afraid of the whole time but actually if you just boldly asked for what you're worth they would be like wow this girl's good and if they say, because I've lost some opportunities because I finally, and I'm still not charging enough now that I've talked to friends who are doing the same thing that as I am, like I'm learning every single day, kind of how Sylvia said. The thing about it is if you lose a client because of that, no problem. They're not your client. No problem. You know my rates for next time. You know when you come and approach me next time, if you want my quality of work, well, it's going to be this. Now, this is also saying if you are starting something new, this this is more people who have been in an industry are experienced and know that your skills or whatever you're providing is worth it. Like anything down to knitting a really awesome pillow or providing that pattern or whatever, you know, like knowing that you have worth within that skill. This isn't necessarily for someone who just picked up their first camera and is like, I'm going to go take grad photos. I think, I hope that goes without saying. Yeah. I think it's your, your, you know, your early point of ask people in the industry what their rates are at least give yourself a benchmark, right? And then understand the benchmarking. And I think it's funny, the same goes in corporate. Like, no different. I think in corporate, know your worth, have a sense of it. Don't be afraid to ask for it and kind of know what's on the table for you. Yeah, and you don't have to be like an asshole about it. Like if someone, if you provide your rate and they say, oh, no, that's like really outside of what we can provide, say, oh, hey, no problem. Um, what's your budget for this? And I can let you know how much I could provide you. Um, And then another great tidbit that Sylvia provided me as well after we were talking about her calligraphy business was she said, also know that your side hustle, because she works a nine to five as well in a marketing company. So incredible, runs this amazing business on the side. She said, that's my time to actually spend with my family. So it's actually coming at a higher rate. So if it is hours on the weekend, on the evenings, on holidays, that's a higher rate because those hours are yours and and they should be worth more. So that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny. Like money is such a, it, 
it's such a taboo topic. Like we're so often, especially I think for us, like growing up, we always told like, don't talk about money. Don't talk about how much people make. And it's a really interesting thing that I've been dancing with and playing with a lot. Because what I notice is the culture we've grown up in of don't talk about it. You know, it's a very private matter. And I respect that in a lot of ways and understand, you know, why that is. And it, it really isn't all of that important. However, when that mentality means you're uncomfortable about it, you don't, you know, you don't like to check in on your bank accounts. You don't like to monitor your money. You don't think about investing and how to do these things because the whole concept of money is uncomfortable for you. And because you don't feel like you have enough or you are enough around money. Oh my gosh. I just like, yes, you have $10 in your bank account. Babe, let's figure that out how to keep that and grow it. Yeah. But instead we have this mentality of like, it's not enough. And so we avoid it. We, we run these avoidance tactics and it's really interesting the power of changing your perspective around money. Can I say something spicy? Go for it. <laughs> Why are you asking? Just do it. <laughs> I think that those conversations are actually industry and society keeping middle class and below middle class down there. It's keeping women small when asking for raises and it's keeping people in their place so they actually don't demand what they deserve. And I think a lot of times like you hear all these things now, like I think that there are amazing, amazing women out there teaching other women online one mil or something like that. Oh, my first hundred K? Yeah. That girl? Yeah. She's, she's wonderful. And she's teaching you that, no, 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 like this is how you ask. I think the last thing I would add on this topic um, that I learned from the book I mentioned it earlier is really just assessing how you perceive people who have money. And I think this goes with a lot of things in general is like we can we often will tell ourselves negative things about other people in order to feel better about ourselves. So an example when it comes to money would be like saying that people who are really wealthy, you know, telling yourself that they're all miserable people and very unhappy so that you feel better with your lack uh, of money. And this is very similar to the idea of being dressed up and, you know, commenting on someone being dressed up when you're not you're asking the question to feel better about your lack of. But what's really interesting cognitively, we're tying back on neurons and science here, is that when you do that, you actually subconsciously train yourself to not achieve that. Not desire abundance like that? Yeah, because Ooh. you believe that if you if you become that abundant, you'll be unhappy and miserable too. And we don't consciously know we're doing it, but subconsciously, if I look at something and say X equals Y, then I'm going to believe that for myself and I'm going to do everything in my power to avoid it when was the first year you had a job like, how old were you job ever yeah what was it there's a joke in my family debatably i was a newspaper delivery person but <laughs> my dad was the newspaper delivery person and he drove you around you threw it out the window i just threw it out the window <laughs> my first yes, Mike. real job i was probably like 15 16 i don't know how old however i started working as soon as you're like whatever you're was allowed. legal <laughs> yeah i went right to work yeah same same my first job was that as well i worked at tim hortons and uh, wow well that was character building when we're talking about relationships and not like now that we've kind of covered our emotions about all of that, our relationship with money, just going down to relationships and more in a romantic relationship sense and even family too, because I'm sure that this comes up a lot in family, depending on where you're born, how big your family is, just so many aspects of it. How, how would you suggest to really find the right person who makes you feel enough? 
And even that phrase is wrong. Makes you feel. Sonia, I don't think it's the person. I think it's you. I think it's your self-work of like... But wouldn't you... Oh, yeah, maybe that is it. Because the way that you would present yourself to the world, knowing you're enough, sharing that you're enough, and just showing up that way, you would attract the right person. Yes, and, and I would add to that that... I always see that like you can't love someone else until you love yourself and like yes and I think you can learn to love yourself with someone else and and hopefully you grow together and you might not like you might learn to love yourself and and realize that they're not your person but for me the idea of being enough in a relationship I think is it's being able to separate from that other person kind of to your point of like realizing that they don't make you enough and it actually isn't their job to validate you as being enough it's like your own stuff you got to work through yeah I also I'm going to be spicy one more time because I think maybe in the past maybe in the past I would have said this phrase but I absolutely despise the phrase my better better half or my other half I like don't believe in that at all and I know it's honestly just a cutesy hallmark saying like there's no real there's no real meat behind it but I hate it and no one is my better half no one is my other half because I want two holes coming together and choosing each other every day and I think that when you don't feel enough in a relationship it's those moments where you feel like they're not choosing you and you're not choosing them I don't know that's always what I've desired out of a relationship after experiencing this not this is that I always wanted to then find someone who chose me every day and who I would choose every day yeah I see where you're going it's like this the idea of being enough or feeling enough in a relationship like we all have moments or days where you know we don't we don't feel 100% ourselves we're human that's normal if I think of kind of my experiences where it's like yeah there's some days where I'm not 100% and my partner shows up for me like picks up the slack yeah yeah and like you know really helps me feel better and helps kind of fill the gaps on those days and I I think I hope I do the same for him on his tough days but ultimately if I think of every time that like you know Kyle and I have had our own moments of like sitting down and being like wow you know one of us doesn't feel enough it's really our own work to do like the the person that doesn't feel enough often just needs to step back and and do their own work and I think if the person that you're with consistently makes you feel like you're not enough, like that's different. Not yeah, feeling enough different. yourself is different than the person you're with not or making you feel not enough. And I also think that say you bring something up and you're like, because this has literally happened to me before. I'll have brought something up and said, oh, well, this made me feel this way. And they'll say, oh, well, that's not how I wanted you to feel or that's not what I meant. But it's like, it doesn't matter what you meant that's how I feel mm -hmm. and, and I will never forget that and it's true I think that is true for all relationships is how we intend to make someone feel doesn't really matter at the end of the day it's it's how they feel and, and navigating those pieces yeah and I, I think you know kind of thinking to your early question of what do you do or, or not feeling enough in a relationship I think the question really is like are they not making you feel enough with the questions that they ask you or dismissing your thoughts or um, gaslighting you gaslighting you or encouraging you to look different to be different versus yourself feeling doubt and feeling insecure and I think those are questions that if it's if it's coming from you from within in your own stuff that's the stuff that's for you to explore and dig into yeah self-awareness I think is a lot 
when it comes to relationship. Okay, I have a couple things on this. One, one of Scotty's favorite sayings is, it's not what you say, it's what people hear. And I always reflect on that. I'm like, oof, that is big because you're right. It's not what you say. It's what people hear and it's how you make them feel. And always that saying, people will remember you not by what you said, but how you made them feel. And I think if we all approach the world like that, we would just kind of be kinder. Um, second of all, I'm so pumped for our Facebook group. If you just go on Facebook and you searched thoughts from our thirties, you'll find our little Facebook group. It's private. All you have to do is answer a question. I think it's like, what do you want to get out of this group? And we'll accept you. Welcome to our community. And I'm excited about this because I so desperately want to have little agony ant episodes. Have you ever heard of agony ant? You've told me about this before. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it's like if you have something going on in your relationship and you're just not sure and you just don't know who to talk about it. You can just send us a little question and yeah, we would love to kind of cover those thoughts in in the podcast in like a special Agony Ant episode. And last but not least on this, I also wanted to say when your partner tells you that they're not feeling like enough or you feel like you're not enough in a relationship, this is where dialogue has to happen. This is where a little communication, a little vulnerability has to happen, especially if they're your person. So I remember my one friend niece today, she was telling me, she's also on an episode of We Did It. She's awesome. She was telling me when I was first talking about Scotty and dating and all this stuff and her and Theo are so strong and they're just such like a goals relationship. And she was like, we were actually on, this is so bougie. We were on a yacht for her 30th birthday. So we were all just very there and, and we were drinking. We were just all just having great chat. And in her own like tipsy state, she's like, you got to tell your partner what they did good. You know, (laughs) she didn't say good. She wasn't that drunk, Rebecca. (laughs) She's like, Theo takes out the garbage. And I'm like, hey, babe, thanks for taking out the garbage. And I honestly think that a lot of things in life can be solved by just acknowledging really small things. It doesn't have to be a big thing. So question for you, Becca, how do you make Kyle know that he's enough should just ask him um <laughs> how do I Bring tr- Kyle. how do I try to make Kyle feel like he's enough yeah I think it's it's acknowledging um acknowledging the things that he does the efforts that he makes for sure and I think just like celebrating him as a person like I think you can you can easily get caught up in the day-to-day and forget to celebrate your person and it's it's really just about noticing you know the little things the big things I saw this quote, this idea of, I'm going to totally butcher the quote, so don't quote me. Um, but <laughs> or quote you because it'll be an original Because it's quote a new quote. <laughs> but the idea of like, we can, we can not get things done and still be worthy of love. Where that comes into my relationship with Kyle and how I recognize him is like, knowing that, you know, we can all have long running to-do lists. I have a massive to-do list in my head all the time. And even though you know, on a day where he maybe doesn't check off every to-do list, I still find those things to celebrate him for and show him love rather than worry about the things that didn't get done. And it's the same way I want to be treated. Yeah, he's your partner. He's not your employee. Right. And it's the same way I want to be treated is like achieving the things that you get done are great, but you still love the person at the end of the day. I don't, I think just talked in a giant circle, but I'm really just saying the way that I show him love and I make him feel enough or try to make him feel enough is really just acknowledging and celebrating how he shows up uh, in our relationship every day. Yeah. What about you? 
I think another little note, well, like literally Scotty took out the garbage when I was sleeping last night. And this is actually one that I think is a great example because in the morning I get up before him. So I have this routine, like today I will trade Rosie duty, but this morning I was on Rosie and take her out. And like, I have this big routine in the morning and then I was doing the dishwasher and I had to throw out I'm going to get so specific here. I had to throw out a piece of my banana because I was making a smoothie, guys. Just imagine it. And I noticed, I was like, oh my gosh, Scotty took out the garbage. That's amazing. But as soon as I shut that door, I'm going to forget. You know, like, it's not all consuming. It's like, oh shoot, I'm out of shampoo. You leave the shower, it's gone. You know, unless you write it on the mirror steam to remind yourself to put it on the grocery list, you're going to forget. Gone forever. Gone forever. So this, this evening, Scotty and I actually didn't have a lot of time together today. We were both doing our own thing. I was out shooting. And um, I got home and he was like, oh, babe, did you see I took out the garbage? And I was like, this is brilliant because, yeah, I did. And thank you so much. But also recognizing we're not mind readers, you know, and sometimes we have to literally just tell our partner when we did something good. What is currently alive that you aren't noticing in your relationship that deserves a little bit of kudos? It's a good question. It's funny because I think like when we started this conversation um, in this episode, we were so focused on, you know, how do you find that feeling of enough within yourself? And then I think where we're kind of coming to is this place of yes, and we also have a role to play in helping the people we love feel enough, feel like what they're contributing is um, really making a difference in our lives and the lives of the people around them. And I think that's a really important token to notice too, is like, yes, own your stuff, feel great about yourself and take the the role of helping the people that you love see their own value and feel valued. And I, I think that's a really beautiful way to kind of take this whole thing. Yeah, I like that. Last um, but not least on this side of things. So outside of like communicating what you need, I've often heard as well, if I want you to call me more, I'm going to call you more. So it's almost like what you desire you should do. And I agree with that to a certain point, but like as well, people fundamentally differently. disagree with that. I'm going to yeah. be spicy and say, I don't agree with doing more of the thing you want to get back from someone is never so worked for me before. Yeah. It backfires. Because people like feel love, feel all of this stuff in different ways, kind of like the, the five love languages. So what would your take on that be? It goes back to your point about like, we're not mind readers. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I would say like, I'm sure Kyle and I have had this conversation is like, if I want you to, I don't know, fold the laundry more, me folding the laundry more often isn't going to make you suddenly be like, oh, I should fill the laundry more. And I actually think that by, if if that's kind of the messaging we're trying to work under, in some ways, we're actually telling our person, our, you know, our partner, our friend or whatever, that they're not doing enough, right? Like I'm trying to give 175% because you're not doing it. And I'm trying to get you to pick up that I need more of it. And I'd actually say, like, just ask. Because we aren't mind readers. And we do have different love languages. And so just saying to your person, like, this is what I need. Or this is what I could really use help with. And or, provocatively, asking them how they want to contribute. And how do they want to be seen? And how do they want to be celebrated? I think we all, I don't say we all, but a lot of us fall into this trap of thinking that humans can read our minds and that like obviously our actions are very how could they not know 
and we're brutal at it we're yeah. absolutely brutal at it can i tell you one thing that i have basically coached scotty into realizing that i really need okay i didn't phrase that right but before we go to bed whoever goes to bed first has to open the other person's side because to me that says hey babe i thought of you come on in like if i'm editing late and i love this and if my bedside is not open rebecca i will look at him and i'll say you don't love me anymore what's going on <laughs> hey hey you you sleeping wake up wake up because i want to sleep to someone that loves me next to someone who loves me <laughs> yeah and so that's like my that's like a little quirk that i'm like every single night every single night when i go to bed i will open up his side I think this is such a good example to your point of like, it's so small. So it's like, that's your thing. And if you every night put his bedside down, put his bedside down, put his bedside down and never tell him why or that it's important to you. Like, how does he pick up that that's that now thing? I also have to do that for you. Right. So it's like, that's the part of like conversation is important because we all want different things and things look different to us. And, you know, I, we all have something unique about us that we love or things that really make us feel full. And I think it really is just being brave, taking out of space and asking for it. Yeah. I'm going to give Scotty a little gold star because though he didn't know that one off the top, every single time I sit at my computer, a glass of water will slide across the counter and be put in front of me. That's awesome. And and yeah, maybe we could do another one about love and things like that. I mean, Valentine's is coming up. Valentine's is, but this episode will be released well after Valentine's Day. Valentine's is over. It was <laughs> lovely. Um, before we go to the last bit of the podcast, I did see a funny quote that was like, it was another Mime. And it was like... Is Mime the word? No. <laughs> okay. Because I'm that person giffying it and I trying to figure yes. out what a jiffy giffy is. I wish I did convince you that was Mime. So the next time you were in a meeting, you were like, and here's the Mime. <laughs> cutthroat <laughs> savage <laughs> just a little sabotage in your day but the meme basically said to any to the person who canceled february 30th and 31st could you also please cancel the 14th <laughs> and i was like that's brilliant <laughs> okay what do we have for the end of this podcast ma'am today's question to ponder are we on question to ponder time And finally, today's question to ponder. What is your not enough belief protecting you from experiencing? Or another way to put it, what are you holding yourself back from? This week, we've got a couple extra questions for you to think about, and they'll be available on the Thoughts from Our 30s Facebook group. Thanks for listening to Thoughts from Our 30s. Thoughts from Our 30s is brought to you by We Did It Podcast, which is what you can follow us on Instagram at We Did It Podcast. For another episode, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast to hear more from your online besties. For now, we'll leave you with that thought to ponder, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.